Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're glad you're here this morning. Looks like some people are still on fall break, but they better get back soon because it ends tomorrow, doesn't it? We're glad that you're here. We welcome you here today and uh, hope God's going to bless you in a very special way this morning as we worship God uh, together. We welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us and we hope that God's going to bless you today as we uh, share God's love with one another. A few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, let me uh, remind everyone of the attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out so we could have a record of your attendance with us. And uh, uh, just put your name and address and phone number, email address on there, uh, and check the appropriate box. Uh, whatever information you feel comfortable giving to us, uh, please do. And I'll tell you, we don't sell this information. It stays right here. So... But especially if you would like to receive our weekly email newsletter, uh, please put your email uh, address on there, and we'll send that out. We send it out every Thursday morning, and, uh, and that's a good way for you to keep up with what's going on here at Community Baptist Church, the worship and uh, service opportunities that we have here and fellowship opportunities that we have here. A few other things that are coming up. Um, uh, I hope that you have received a... Um, Peace with Justice Weekend uh, folder. Um, let's see here. Where is that? That's right here. I knew I had one here. Right here. And uh, this is a, uh, you can register with this as well. It has the, uh, the schedule for the Peace with Justice Weekend that will, be, that will take place at Zion UCC. Um, and we are collaborating with them this year on this. And, uh, and I believe it's going to be a, a wonderful time. That will be October 15th, 16th, and 17th. And you'll see the schedule on here. They're going to have a banquet. They're going to have a coffee house one night. And they're going to have uh, some, some services and lectures and things like that during the days. So uh, please sign up for this. If you'd like to sign up, you can give that to me or you can send it to Zion UCC or, or Jika or Jerry. And, uh, and we would be glad to, uh, to get that. Also... Uh, for your information, I know it says that there's a $40 registration fee on here, but for those of us here at Community Baptist Church, we get a discount But since we're helping them out, and it's only $25 for us for the whole weekend. So uh, if you'd like to partic participate in that, please uh, sign up on that. Also, on Tuesday of this week, we'll be having our Joy Lunch group, our Senior Citizens Lunch group. Uh, Tuesday at noon, and we invite you to come and uh, bring a dish and bring a friend for that. Uh, we will be having guests this, this week or this month. Uh, our friends from St. Paul's Episcopal Church will be joining us uh, for that time, and so it'll be a great time of fellowship. And um, let's see, who is the program? Uh, Rita. Rita. Rita Moit. Rita Moit will be singing for us uh, for the program uh, this Tuesday as well. Uh, Upward has begun. Our basketball season has begun. We started on Saturday, and it was a great day, a, a wonderful time, and we appreciate all the volunteers for that. Uh, Jika asked me to uh, announce also on October the 27th, that's just a, a few weeks away, we'll be having our, um, our blood drive uh, that we have about three or four times during the year. And uh, that will be October the 27th on a Wednesday. And so if you'd like to sign up and uh, give, uh, make an appointment for that, then please see Jika, and she'll be glad to take your blood. <laughs> One other announcement, and I think Todd Grass wants to make this announcement, don't you? <laughs> or a presentation, right? 
And while he's coming up here, we have some birthdays today. I believe it's Hannah's birthday. Hannah Grass is a teenager today. And so it begins. And also Greg uh, Greg Gibson and uh, Phyllis McElwain are both taking birthdays off today. So they're not here, but it's their birthday today. Todd. All right. Real quick, I'm not good at this stuff, but I'd like to present to uh, our Community Baptist first place in the league. Um, it's just it's just our second year playing. We, you know, we did good last year. We did a lot better this year in the tournament. We kind of lost our heads. But uh, real quick, I know they showed pictures lately, but it was me, Ben Boaz, Coleman Tramiel, Madison Tramiel, Elliot Gear, Timmy Hall, Frank Knight, Brother Tim Hobbs. Then uh, you're allowed to pick up two or three other guys from other churches that didn't have enough to, you know, play for their own teams. So I picked up a couple of holy namers. Uh, Chad Sellers, Brian Fleming, uh, Tony Seward, and Isaac Vaughn. So it was a good season. Hopefully we'll get a few more of these in the next couple of years. All right. Yeah. Vince, we may, may need to look at a uh, trophy case for some. <laughs> Don't build it too fast, though. <laughs> We're glad that you're here. Uh, let's stand and let's stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord. <laughs> Lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord Is our strength We bow down And worship Him now How great How awesome is He Together we sing Glory is the Lord And lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength We bow down and worship Him now How great, how awesome is He Together we sing
the Lord Almighty, holy, holy. down children here. Kaylee. <laughs> All right. I want you to walk across this black line. Okay. It looks pretty easy, doesn't it? This is Kaylee without sin. Now, Kaylee, come back over here. Hands out. Okay, take one in one hand. Balance them on your palm like this. Okay. Now try to walk across the black line. Does it still look easy for her? I think it looks pretty easy. Come back, Kaylee. Okay, now walk across the line. Black line, Kaylee, black line. Come on back. Does it look a little harder? Should we make it even more harder? Name some sins as Kaylee tries to walk across the black line. Oh. There goes one. Okay. Who can tell me what a sin is? Thank you, Kaylee. Is anybody going to talk? Or is it just me? Name a sin, Jerry. What's a sin? Please. Is it being mean to your sister when you could be nice? Is that a sin? <laughs> Stealing, lies. Lying. Thank you, Jerry. <laughs> okay. That's a sin. All right. <laughs> Who died for our sins? Does anybody know? Jesus. Okay. Jesus, the only Son of God, came to earth as a man to pay as a man to pay the penalty for our sin by death on the cross, and that on the third day he rose again. Jesus will remove the burden of sin from us if we ask him. So the next time you sin, say you lie or you steal, imagine Kaylee walking across this black line. And how once her life got piled with sin, she had to drop some. So instead of sinning, we should live for God and remember that Jesus died for our sins. 
So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, God, and we thank you that you are a God full of mercy and steadfast love. We ask, Lord, that you would just be with each of these children, young and old, that you would help remind them that your love is more than enough. Amen. scripture today is found in Matthew 5 7 blessed are the merciful for they will receive mercy let us pray gracious God we resist being reminded of our condition but deep down we know that we keep falling short of our good intentions even though we have heard over and over that love is the answer, we keep falling back into ruts of selfishness. Even though we know it is best to live one day at a time, we keep worrying about tomorrow and what it may bring. Even though we know it is better to listen when others speak, 
we keep slipping back into the posture of defensiveness and striking back with words. That is why we come and confess our needs to you. We need to know that in mercy, you reach down and help us get back on our, on our feet. We need to be assured that what we have done is forgiven because you never give up on us. We need to affirm our faith in you and in each other. We need to have our hopes of abundant life reinforced through your word. Come among us in worship and minister to our needs. If we need to be challenged, come and upset the comfortable ways we have chosen. If we need to be healed where we hurt, come gently and restore us to a healthy mind and spirit. Then turn us out to minister to the needs of others, even as you minister to us through others. Enable us not to be afraid to confront sinful ways and to challenge comfortable but selfish patterns. And help us to know how to deal gently with those around us who are hurting in body, mind, or spirit. We pray through Christ, our great physician. Amen.
pray. We give you praise and thanks, O God, for your warmth of love that has nurtured us from birth, for your deeds of mercy and power that have formed us as your people, for Jesus Christ and for all who came before him as witnesses and prophets of your truth and love, for your gifts that we now present that the world may be touched by compassion and filled with hope through Christ our Lord. Amen.
indeed Christ is in this place. And in response to that, we offer our hallelujahs. As you know, we are in the middle of this series on the Beatitudes, unlocking the blessings of God. And believe it or not, we're over halfway through it. Each week during this series, we've been looking at one of the Beatitudes. Those are the first eight statements that Jesus used to begin the Sermon on the Mount. And with these eight statements, Jesus was saying that if you want to be blessed by God, if you want to to live a blessed, happy life, then here's what you need to do. So here's today's beatitude. It comes from Matthew 5, verse 7. Let's read it out loud together. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. I want you to notice something right off the bat. This is kind of the flip side of what I was talking about a couple of weeks ago when Jesus said that we would be judged by others in the same way that we judge others. But this is a little more positive. Basically, what Jesus is saying here is that you get what you give. You give mercy, you get mercy. You don't give mercy, you don't get mercy. You reap what you sow. Now, not every beatitude is like that, but this one tells us that if you want to receive mercy in your life, then you need to give mercy. And really, this is a lot of common sense. Think about it. If you're friendly to other people, then guess what? They're going to be friendly to you. If you criticize other people, guess what? They're going to criticize you. And if you are merciful to other people, then they are going to be merciful to you. So in essence, this beatitude is telling us that if you want to be blessed, if you want to be happy, then you need to treat others properly. So what's the right way to treat other people? Well, here it is. Be merciful. Be merciful. So how do I know if I'm showing mercy or not? Well, I want to give you four marks of what it means to be merciful today. Four Tests, I guess you could say, of uh, or four examples of being merciful. Now, I want to begin with the easiest one and then move on towards the hardest. And here's the first one. If I am merciful, I will be patient with those who are peculiar. Hmm. Now, what do you mean by that? <laughs> I mean, everybody's kind of peculiar at some time or another, aren't they? Well, yeah. But you know what I'm talking about here. Into every life, a few weirdos must fall. Right? You know what I'm talking about. You know, their their elevator just doesn't quite go all the way up to the top floor. And, And they may be a good egg, but they're just a little bit cracked. You know, these are the people who are, they're not mean. And they're not unfriendly. They're just people who, for whatever reason, get on your nerves. So how do you handle these kinds of people? Well, the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.14 to encourage those who are timid, take care of those who are weak, and be patient with everyone. Wow. That's a challenge, isn't it? Are you patient with everyone? I, I, you know, I try to try to be, but sometimes it's hard, isn't it? But the Bible says that if I am to be merciful, if I am to be blessed, 
If I'm going to, to be happy, then I need to learn how to be patient with those people who get on my nerves. And here's one thing that I've learned about being patient with people who get on my nerves, and, and that is that it, that it helps us to learn something about the background of these people. Because when you take a minute and look at where this person has come from, you may be amazed. And there may be a reason why they're so weird. You know? <laughs> I mean, and you may be amazed when you look at their life and you may say to yourself, instead of saying, look how far they have to go, you may say, look how far they have come. And this will help you be a little more patient because you begin to look beneath the exterior behavior that gets on your nerves so much and you begin to see some of those internal struggles and pains and difficulties that people have to face. The Bible says that we need to welcome one another just as Jesus, just as Christ has welcomed you. And God will be glorified. Did God accept you even when you didn't quite measure up? Yep. And so God says that we should accept others in the same way. We should be patient with them because, folks, let me tell you something. Merciful people are accepting people. The second mark of mercy is to forgive those who have fallen. You know, everybody, everybody's going to mess up in their lives sometimes, aren't they? Anybody here never messed up? I didn't think so. Everybody has... Everybody is going to mess up in our lives sometime. Nobody's going to be perfect. So you know what that means? It means that we need to learn how to forgive. When people make mistakes, how do you react? Do you rub it in or do you rub it out? Do you, when, when people let you down, are you quick to point it out to them or do you overlook it? Do you hold it over their heads for the rest of their lives and never let them off the hook? That's the easy path to take. It's easy to hold grudges, but the hard work of a Christian is to forgive. It's also the healthy thing to do. I heard about a woman who came to her pastor with a problem one day. It, it seems that she was angry with a, a man in her community who had wronged her. And the two had, had once been very close friends, but now they were divided and and they wouldn't even speak to one another. And they lived in a small town, so they couldn't avoid seeing each other. But there was no sign of, of any reconciliation, no attempt to apologize. And the pain had gone on for many, many weeks. And, and so she sat down with her pastor and, 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 he said, and she said, Pastor, I just have to forgive him. Well, the pastor played the devil's advocate here. And he, and he asked, well, why? Why do you have to forgive him? I mean, he's admitted no wrong. He hasn't apologized or sought forgiveness. He hadn't shown any interest in repairing the relationship. So why forgive him? And she said, Pastor, I can't stand the anger anymore. My stomach is always tied up in knots. I can't sleep at night and I'm afraid I'll bump into him. And I, I hate the tension that it causes. I have to forgive him just for me, even if it's not for him. Well, folks, I want to tell you something. This woman was experiencing a wonderful byproduct of forgiveness. It is the method of choice for stress reduction. Forgiving one another. Even if it is a one-sided forgiveness. Folks, there's power in forgiveness. 
Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. It seems that the giving and the receiving of forgiveness are, are linked together. Blessed are those who show mercy, for they will receive mercy. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive each other just as the Lord has forgiven you. Do you see how they're linked together there? So we, if we are to be merciful people, need to forgive those who have fallen. Then the third mark of mercy is that I will help those who are hurting. Look at this verse in Proverbs 3.27. It says, never walk away from someone who deserves help. Your hand is God's hand for that person. In this sense of the word, mercy means practical assistance. Folks, there are people all around you who are hurting. There are people in your workplace, in your, in your school. or There are people right here in this room today who are hurting. But let me tell you something. When you feel sorry for that person, you're not being like Jesus. It's when you do something about that hurt to help that person's hurt. That's when you're being like Jesus. A friend of mine from Georgia posted something on Facebook last week. It said, after eating with a friend at IHOP, I saw an elderly lady fall flat in the middle of the parking lot as people continued to drive by. I can't get her up by myself, so I recruit some guys from IHOP, and finally we get her up and going. And then she asked, what kind of world do we live in where people drive by an elderly lady hanging on to the wheels of her walker prostrate in a parking lot? Folks, mercy isn't looking out of the window of your car and saying, hey, did you see that? Or, man, that's too bad. Somebody ought to do something. Mercy is the one getting out of the car and doing something. Look at 1 John three seventeen and 18. It says, how does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? Little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and in action. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but this this verse kind of stabs me like a dagger. How can God's love be in me if I won't help someone in need? You see, just saying that we love someone isn't enough. We need to show it. We need to do something. And that's really tough because, folks... If you're like me, I see people who are hurting all the time and it's so easy for us to get to become numb to what's going on around us. But whenever you show mercy to someone in need. You are putting on the face of God. You remember the story of the Good Samaritan. The guy was beat up and mugged and he was left on the side of the road for dead and Two religious leaders came walking by and they saw him there and, and on the side of the road dying. And their response was, I can't get involved. And then this third guy comes along and he took action. He picked the guy up. He took him to the day's end. And he took out his master card and said, I'm paying for everything. Take care of him. And that's mercy. 
My friends, so many of us are just bystanders when we observe other people who are hurting. We look out the window and we say, isn't that a shame? But Jesus says, happy are those who care enough to get involved. And being merciful means that I'm going to help the one in need. Now, have you noticed that as we're going through these different steps, that each one of them seems to be getting a little more difficult? Being patient with the peculiar, the person that gets on our nerves, forgiving the fallen and then helping the needy. Well, here's number four, and it's the hardest one of all. If I'm merciful, I will do good to my enemies, to my enemies. Look at Luke 6. This is Jesus talking. He says, if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. You see, Jesus isn't easy here. He's being quite sarcastic. He's saying, oh, look at you. You did something nice for your friend. Wow. Big deal. Let's throw a parade. That's nothing. Everybody does that. Even the worst of the worst will do nice things for their friends. But then he says, listen to this. Love your enemy. Do good to them. Then your reward will be great. That's when you're going to get my attention. Be merciful just as your father in heaven is merciful. So if you want to be like God, then you need to be merciful. And if you want to be merciful as your father in heaven is merciful, then you you need to, to do good to those who do evil to you. And that's not easy. It's not natural to do that. In fact, that's exactly the opposite of what society tells us to do. Society tells us that when people hurt you, you need to hurt them back. Get even. When people gossip about you, you gossip about them. But God says, I want you not only to forgive that person, but I also want you to be nice to that person. You see, when we're forced to face difficult people, when we're forced to deal with people who have hurt us and said things about us and done things to us that are terrible, we've got three choices. One is retribution. We can say an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. I'm going to get back at you twice as much as you got back for me or as you got me. Mahatma Gandhi once said that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth will only result in a whole world full of blind and toothless people. That's retribution. Second choice is to be polite. And that's one of the first steps that Jesus was saying. Turn the other cheek. I'm just not going to react. And then Jesus says that we should go even further than that. There's a third way you can react, and that is to do good to them. Take the initiative. Do good. You know, tomorrow morning, you're going to go to work and you're going to go to school or wherever it is that you're going to go. And you may see that guy who you just can't stand. Maybe it's that girl who is constantly criticizing and she's always on your case. But the Bible says you're supposed to be good to that person. How would it be if when they criticized you, you complimented them? How would it be if every time she put you down, you built her up? 
My friends, being merciful is, is when you return good for evil. But, but why would you want to do that? Because the best way to eliminate an enemy is to turn that person into your friend. My friends, mercy is the way that God treats people. We're told that God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and full of steadfast love. And the rest of that verse says his compassion is contained in everything he does. So let me ask you, is there compassion in everything that you do? Even towards your enemies? That's mercy. And I know it's hard to do, but that's why we need some very powerful motivators to become a merciful person. So let me give you three very powerful reasons for us to want to be merciful today. First of all, we need to be merciful because God has shown us mercy. Jesus asked, shouldn't you, shouldn't you have mercy on others just as I had mercy on you? You know, when you think about those people who really tick you off, if you're having a hard time being merciful to that person, Try this. Just remember all the times that you tried God's patience and yet God had mercy on you. You know, when I think of all the flack that God has taken for me, how can I not be merciful to others? One day, some religious hypocrites caught a woman in the act of adultery and so they dragged her out to Jesus And in those days, the law said that if you were caught in adultery, if you committed adultery, that you should be stoned to death immediately. So they brought her to Jesus and said, Jesus, we caught this woman in the very act of adultery. What should we do? What do you want us to do? And Jesus said, well, the law says she should be stoned. And then he said, let those who are without sin throw the first stone. Well, of course, they silently walked away because none of us are without sin. And here's the truth of the matter, folks. We all need God's mercy. And because we have received God's mercy, we also need to give it to others. Secondly, we need to be merciful because we're going to need mercy in the future. You know, we've needed it in our past and we're going to need it in the, in the future. Not only has God been merciful to you in the past, but guess what? You're going to need more mercy in the future. Folks, I can promise you one thing about my future. I'm I'm not a fortune teller or anything like that, but I can promise you one thing about my future, and here it is. I'm not going to be perfect. Are you? I'm not going to be perfect, and neither are you. I'm going to let people down. I'm going to tick people off and I'm, not, I'm going to be that peculiar person that gets on your nerves and, and I'm going to need some forgiveness and, and I'm going to be hurting and need your help. And so are you. Are you going to need mercy in the future and so am I. And that's a powerful motivator for us to be merciful now. James 2.13 says, For there will be no mercy for you If you have not been merciful to others. Wow. And I want you to let that sink in for just a second. There will be no mercy for you. If you have not been merciful to to others. That's a hard teaching. 
We need to be merciful to others because we're going to need some mercy ourselves. And I know our natural human inclination is to say, but but God, you don't know how much that person has hurt me and they continue to hurt me. How in the world can I forgive them? Well, if you say that, then then I hope that from this day forward, you never sin. (laughs) Because forgiveness and mercy are two sides of the same coin. And Jesus said, when you refuse to give uh, mercy to others, then you will not receive mercy. When you say, I'm not going to show mercy to another person, to this other person, you're burning a bridge that you need to walk across in order to receive mercy. Because the Bible says that those who show mercy will receive it. And those who don't show mercy don't receive it. So you see, I need to be merciful because I'm going to need it in the future. And then finally, the last motivator for us to be merciful people is that I need to be merciful because it makes me happy. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy now over and over in this series we've been talking about being blessed by god with the beatitudes the blessed are they and what that means is that when we are blessed we are living the happy abundant life that god created us to live and god says it very clearly that i will bless you if you are merciful happy are the merciful blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy But the opposite is also true. Unhappy are those who are unmerciful. My friends, some of the most miserable people I know are those who are resentful, those who refuse to give up on a grudge, those who are holding unforgiveness over someone's head. And what they don't realize is that they are robbing themselves of happiness. Ben Franklin said, when you are good to other people, you are best to yourself. And he didn't make that up. That's what Jesus is saying here in the Sermon on the Mount. Proverbs eleven seventeen says, Those who are kind reward themselves, but the cruel do themselves harm. So you see, doing acts of mercy gets us outside of ourselves and gets, us, gets the focus off of us and onto others. You remember we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we talked about Christ and Christ's disciples being other-centered people, centered on others. You see, the nature of the Christian discipleship is serving others like Jesus did. And as you get outside of yourself and you get your focus on other people, and as you, you give your life away, then happiness, your blessedness, comes from that. And so to be merciful... We need to do that because it's a very important key to being happy. But how do you do this? How do you become a merciful person? Well, you can't be merciful unless you have first received mercy. And folks, let's let's, let's face it. We all need a lot of mercy. We've all messed up big time. We've thumbed our noses at God and we've sinned against God and we need a lot of mercy. And that's what becoming a Christian is all about. It is God showing God's love and mercy towards us. 
God showed me God's mercy by sending God's son, Jesus. Get this, in Romans 5, verses 6, 7, and 8, it says, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves God's love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. My friends, God filled my empty life and and gave me his complete mercy and forgiveness. And it's because I have been on the receiving end of that mercy that I can also be on the giving end of mercy to others. Now, you might be saying, but Tim, that guy doesn't deserve my, mer- my mercy. You don't know what he did to me. Well, guess what? Neither did you. Neither did you deserve the mercy that God gave to you. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us, the ungodly. So think about how much mercy God has shown to you and, and say, God, I want to live out your love, and I want you to put that into action. But if you're here today and you've never received God's mercy, and you can do that. You see, to become a Christian is simply to, to receive God's mercy into your life through faith. It's saying, God, I believe that you showed your mercy to me. I believe that you showed your love to me by sending your son, Jesus. And I know that I don't deserve it, but I need your mercy today. And as, as I receive this mercy for you, I'm committing my life to, to following your teachings, including this teaching that we've been talking about today, about mer- being merciful to others. Maybe you need to forgive someone today. Maybe you need to receive God's forgiveness. That's where it really starts. But here's my prayer for Community Baptist Church. It's my prayer that our church would be a kind of church that freely gives forgiveness and mercy to every person who needs it because we recognize that we have been freely given this mercy to ourselves. Amen. And what a wonderful song that we will sing about mercy and grace, amazing grace, number 330. God's mercy is there available available to each and every one of you, my friends, and it is indeed amazing grace, God's amazing grace. And there's nothing that you can do to deserve it. You're not good enough, neither am I, no one is. But it is something that God freely offers to us because that's the nature of God. God is gracious and kind and merciful and full of steadfast love. And that's why God offers this mercy to you today. And all you have to do is to accept it. Thank God for it. Thank you, God, for forgiving me. And commit your life to following his ways. Maybe you need to do that today to make that commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Or perhaps you need to unite with our church today. We invite you to do that.
But maybe you just need to have a moment of prayer today. Maybe you need to forgive someone today. You don't need to do it right now, but maybe you need to go to someone and say, I hope you'll forgive me. If God's dealing in your heart in any way today, we invite you to come and share it with us as we sing Amazing Grace. Would you come? grateful that you are with us and that you show us mercy in our lives. By God's mercy, you have been saved, each of us. By God's mercy, we have been healed. We have been made alive. And by God's mercy, we have been raised with Jesus Christ to new life. We'll be seated with him in the heavenly places. Now, as we go from here, We pray that we all may go with the assurance of God's mercy in our lives, at home, at school, at work, and at play. And may we be merciful, even as your Father in heaven is merciful. Amen.